Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yo, yo. Welcome to another post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Yovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And it took seven months, four months of the season for the Lakers to unveil banner number 17. But they finally did it on Wednesday night before their 124 to 122 win over the Houston Rockets. And got a couple of speeches from LeBron and AD and Jeannie Buss. And uh, it, it definitely, there, there was some nostalgia in the arena. Um, and, and then <laughs> those guys went and sat on the bench as they both were out. Uh, and this was one of the most depleted uh, games for the Lakers this season. No LeBron, no AD, no Dennis, no Alex Caruso. So you got your four primary ball handlers. Don't want to say shot creators because Kuz is in that mix, Trez is in that mix. But in terms of offensive creation, running the offense, handling the ball, those are your top four. And for them to not have those four and, and to put up 124, I mean, I, I think that just speaks to the state of the Houston Rockets. And looking at this team, um, I didn't know half of the guys in their rotation. Uh, and <laughs> I really like Kenny Martin Jr. He, he stood out to me um, as just, uh, I like Jay Sean uh, Tate. Kelly Olenek uh, had himself a game uh, until that, that final turnover, and he finished with five overall. And uh, that, that, But that final one against Wes Matthews was costly. But um, th- this was the Lakers' second night of a back-to-back. The first night they defeated... Uh, the New York Knicks 101-99 in overtime. I'm not really going to touch on either game that much just because I, I think at this point in the season, like I, I, we're, at, we're at the finish line, but this is not a finished product, far from it. And having LeBron and Dennis already out against New York and then having Alex Crusoe go out as well, I, I just I don't know how much we can take away. And, and that's kind of been a theme over the, these last few weeks last couple months is I I don't know how to properly evaluate this Lakers team and maybe the answer is just this is the team we're going to see you know this is the team we're going to see for the next couple games the play-in game and and maybe even starting the first round like I think AD will be back Alex will be back but we don't know the status of Dennis Uh, the earliest he can return is Saturday in Indiana but when Frank Vogel has been asked about it, he seems a little skittish that Dennis will be back. Uh, so at, at this point, you know he's, he's going to miss the full two weeks and could be out even longer. We, we don't know if he had COVID or if it was a contact tracing situation or, or what, what his state of conditioning is going to be after not playing for two weeks and, and not being around the team for two weeks. So th- there's a lot we don't know about Dennis. And we know even less about LeBron because, I mean, this whole situation has just been changing day by day where 
you know, initially he was coming back, right? And, and then he has the, the two games back and then he's not ready. So he needs some time off. And then he's back practicing and, and he's going to return Tuesday or Wednesday, but most likely Tuesday. And then doesn't return Tuesday. Then wasn't looking promising for Wednesday, but officially got ruled out for Wednesday. And now we got a couple of days off. Lakers got the, the Saturday, Sunday back to back to close out the season. Uh, but you're looking at LeBron coming back against two lottery teams, uh, two teams not really fighting for much. I mean, I guess technically Indiana's jockeying for playing tournament position, but I just, I don't know what to make of LeBron and his return and just the, the whole situation. Like, I, I think if anyone can return at the 11th hour, and at this point, it's almost the 12th hour, uh, and, and be okay, it's LeBron. And that's what Kyle Kuzma said after the game, that you know we're not concerned with LeBron adjusting into the offense. Like He is a guy who amplifies everybody. He's a guy who's creating for everybody. He's a guy who's going to make everyone's lives easier. And, and yes, the Lakers, you know, several Lakers are going to have to take steps back offensively. You know, most notably, THT, Kuz, Trez, uh, Andre Drummond. Like these guys aren't going to be getting the, the same types of shots and the same number of shots that they've been getting recently with LeBron and AD out. And then, of course, Dennis returning too, who's also going to take up a high usage role in the offense. But if anyone could do it, it's LeBron. And, and, that, and that's where I go back to before the New York game, looking at the Denver game. Uh, the Portland game and the Phoenix game, like Anthony Davis's play to me has been the most encouraging and, and most important thing for the Lakers during the stretch. Because yes, we can talk about THT has looked even more comfortable with the ball in his hands. He's looked like a point guard at times. He's been creating, you know, getting double digit assists and looks like a guy who is ready for a playoff role. And, and is ready for a bigger role next season. Uh, we, we can talk about Wesley Matthews, who had the big putback against the Knicks, then had the, the big stop and, and turn, uh, you know, steal um, on Kelly Olynyk uh, against the Rockets, and, and how he's looking like a guy to me that is really making a case for that ninth spot in the rotation, uh, in the playoff rotation, rather. And we can talk about Keith, who has kind of been out of the rotation now for a few games and, and just came in, started, had 14 points. Andre Drummond had back-to-back double-doubles, has been playing better, still has a ways to go, uh, but but I, I think overall is trending in the right direction somewhat, but but still I'm a little skeptical there. Uh, Trez had a nice bounce-back game. Kuz had a couple good games back-to-back, uh, almost had a triple-double. And like all those things are, are, are nice, and, and I think there's a lot of positive signs in, in some of the individual performances, but none of that's really going to matter if Anthony Davis and LeBron aren't healthy and playing at superstar top five levels. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I think with LeBron, he deserves the benefit of the doubt uh, that as long as he's 80 plus percent, he's going to be at that level. And again, he is the the general of the offense. So 
everyone, I mean, it's it's really everyone has to adapt to him, not he has to adapt to everyone. And I, I just think his style of play is, you know, he again, he amplifies people, he, he sets the table. So I, I don't think that was the concern. Really, the concern was AD and the season he was having and still a really good season, but a subpar season by AD's standards. A, you know, I would say for most of this season, AD's look like the 10th to 12th best player in the league, not the third or fourth like he was probably last season. So him getting back to that level against Denver, against Portland, against Phoenix, and really just dominating and dominating three playoff opponents, um, you know, th- three potential teams the Lakers could see at, at various points, especially Phoenix, who they'll likely see in the first round if they take care of business in the play-in tournament. You know, that to me was very, very encouraging. And, you know, I think it's it's an interesting conversation. Like, what do the Lakers look like against Phoenix without LeBron in a first-round series? Like, can they win that series if AD is the best player in that series by a wide margin? Um, you know, I, I think that's a six or seven game series w- without LeBron, but you know, with LeBron, then I, I think who knows? Maybe the Lakers win that in five or six. So, um, I, I think AD's development over the last week has been the most encouraging thing. The, the the thing that to me is the most relevant, and and if he's back to being a top eight, top five, top three player, I, I do think the Lakers like th- that is the blueprint for the Lakers pulling off what they want to achieve, which is winning four straight rounds on the road, something we've really never seen in NBA history or, or modern NBA history. The, the closest is the 95 Rockets, uh, who, who are also defending champs. They were the sixth seed. Uh, but, you know, the, the Lakers would be the seventh seed. They'd have to deal with the play-in tournament. I, I just, you know, it, it's a very difficult path. It's certainly possible for them to be successful on that path, but I think it's, it's far from a certainty at this point. Um, so... I think, honestly, I don't have much to say over the last couple of games. I will say, like, this game was a whatever game. They were shorthanded. They were playing, frankly, a G League level team. So I don't want to read too much into the game either way. The, the Knicks game, though, and I wrote about this for The Athletic, I thought it was the type of game that, to me, was encouraging because it was the type of game that I didn't feel like the Lakers would have won a couple of weeks ago. And, and certainly not earlier in the season. And, and we had seen them, we had certainly seen them win some of these games against like, you know, going to overtime with the Pistons or the Thunder, but those are more like talent wins than anything. It was just sort of, we're going to flip the switch and we're going to out-talent you. With New York, like that is a solid team. That was, they dropped to the sixth seed after the loss, but they've been in that four seed for weeks and months now in the East. And I personally don't view them as the fourth best team in the East, but they're, they're so, I mean, they're clearly a solid team. They, they beat the Lakers a few weeks ago. They almost beat them again uh, on Tuesday night. So for them, you know, for, for the Lakers to w- play that team shorthanded, really not having a point guard, and, and to be down for most of that game and, and then have that late comeback, force overtime, and, and per, you know pull away and prevail in overtime, that to me was just the type of grindy, you know, the gutty, gutsy, uh, grimy win that this Lakers team hasn't always had and been able to pull off this season. They've had a lot of brutal losses, a lot of games, uh, close losses recently. And, you know, Wes Matthews said as much after the game that, you know, we're, we're the, the Lakers aren't playing for moral victories. They're not playing for silver linings. They're playing for results. They want to win games. And they had not been winning these types of games recently. 
And I think for them to do it, given those circumstances of, in that case, not having really their three primary point guards in LeBron, Dennis, and AC, that to me was a, a very, one of the most impressive wins of the season, given that context and, and given the opponent. Now, of course, you know, there's been, I, I thought the Phoenix game was great. Uh, I thought the Denver win was nice. Like there's been some, probably some better wins overall recently, but that one to me was, was a little special, you know, a little extra something there, which is the context of them being so shorthanded and then finding a way to rally and just grind out a tough win against a quality opponent. And and honestly at home where the Lakers have been worse uh, than they've been on the road. But I want to get into one question uh, and, you know, for, for the, we're going to go to the open forum uh, part of the show right now. Uh, but I want to get into an interesting question because this to me is, is where my mind is turning now. Um, and this question is from Fala uh, Masutu, 77. Uh, I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong. I probably am. Uh, but he said, Jovan, how do you even sort out the shooting guard rotation? KCP should get 25 minutes. Wes is playing great. THT pairs well with AD. And Macklemore should play well with LeBron. Even have Kuzma and Caruso that can play the two. And I have a piece coming out on Friday that is going to be about the Lakers' playoff rotation. It's sort of a look at last year's rotation, a look at this year's rotation, and a look at what I think Frank Vogel is going to do slash what I hope or or just what I would do. Uh, so I'm, I'm mixing in all those things to, to try to make as informed of a decision and projection on the rotation as possible. Uh, and... I mean, before you even asked me this, like th- this was the trickiest part uh, b- because I think the center rotation is, is to me, going to, it's going to work itself out matchup by matchup. I-, I do think ultimately the Lakers' two best options at center are Anthony Davis and Marcus Soule. I-, I think that the results will probably force them into that at some point. You know, if Andre, if, if they're getting by with Andre Drummond at center for 15 to 20 minutes a night, so be it. Like that's just the way it is. Uh, I think most matchups are going to be bad for Montrezl Harrell. I, I see him currently as the third center on the depth chart, and that's kind of where he's been over the past week and a half or so. So I think they figured that out. Of course, LeBron and AD are going to play a majority of the forward minutes. You're going to slot Kuz in there some. You might now see Trez in there a little bit as a four. Uh, Keith, if the team's struggling with shooting and spacing, we'll, we'll get some time. But I think the front court is relatively straightforward. And, you know, it's just where are you playing LeBron and AD? What are those leftover minutes? And that's going to be kind of split with, uh, again, Andre, Mark, and, and Kuz. I think those three prim- primarily. And then a little bit maybe for Trez or, or Keefe, depending on the matchup. But when you get down to the guard rotation, this is so difficult to project because. I think the the shooting guard and point guard minutes are very intertwined uh, because Dennis Schroeder, we don't, again, we don't know when he's returning. We don't know what what state he's going to be in in terms of conditioning. And and is he on a minutes limit? How long is he on a minutes limit for? Is he starting? Is he coming off the bench? Uh, Because at at this point, like if he's playing 12 to 15 minutes or or whatever the, the restriction is, and he has been out for so long, I don't know if you could just throw that guy back in the starting lineup. You know, he might have to come off the bench. 
you start Alex or, or I mean, that's, I guess, would be the primary option. So I think those those two guard positions are intertwined because if Dennis is back and healthy, I think he's a guy who's playing 28 to 32 minutes a night. And even that 32 minute mark could be low depending on how he fits with LeBron and AD in a playoff setting and which version of Dennis we get because the version of him pre-COVID protocols was really, really good. He was peaking. He was finding himself as a playmaker. He was shooting the ball better from three. He was finishing better in the paint. I thought he had a, a better shot pass decision-making tree, so to speak. Like I thought Dennis was really playing well before he went out. So I think Dennis is kind of the wild card here because if he's playing, that's pushing Alex and Talon's minutes, I think, to the two a little bit more. Whereas if, if Dennis is out or he is is on a, a strict minutes limit, that's maybe playing, now you're playing Alex and, and Talon more at point guard, which is freeing up some more of those shooting guard minutes. So I think as a base, you, you said 25 minutes for KCP. I think he's going to be closer to 28. He played 29 last year, which was the third most on the team in the postseason. Uh, I, I do think that the Lakers have more options at shooting guard. And if KCP's having an off night, I mean, the way I see it right now is what I like most about KCP. I mean, I think he's their best shooting guard. Uh, but I also think he blends the the 3 and D attributes the best. And, you know, th there are some matchups where, like against the Clippers, it's not a great matchup for KCP defensively. Like, I think Kawhi and PG can both pick on him, uh, but he still has that shooting where, uh, you know, and, and then if there's a night he's not shooting the ball well, well, maybe it's it's still a good defensive matchup. Like against Phoenix uh, and him chasing Booker around screens, like that's actually a good defensive matchup for KCP. So I think KCP is one of those guys who really brings it on, on both ends, which is important for the Lakers at that shooting guard spot. Whereas... When you're getting to the bench, now you're doing some offense defense because it, you know Talon and Ben are bringing it offensively. I'm not trusting either one of them defensively right now uh, in key moments. And really the whole playoffs for the Lakers is going to be key moments. Uh, Wes, I'm trusting him defensively, though he, he can also be a little exposed on that end. But I'm not trusting him offensively because he's just not shot the ball well this season and he's not shot the ball consistently this season. Um, so KCP to me is so important uh, just because of his shooting. And again, he, he he's a guy who doesn't take much off of either end and really can only provide, you know, like there's only upside in my opinion with KCP. Like the downside is he's just kind of having a neutral game. And, and yes, there are the games he'll go one of eight from three and, and miss a couple layups and like, those are kind of the, the games you just have to live with. And, and maybe those are like the net negative games. But for the most part, KCP is neutral or positive. The other guys, it really fluctuates game to game. Um, like, I know Talon's playing great right now. But if you go through his game logs and, and watch some of the film from a few weeks ago, like, he's been very up and down. Um, and maybe now he's finally finding his, his rhythm and his footing and he's going to be more consistent. But he has not been consistent this season. He's been consistently getting better but he has had some duds and some recent duds and, you know, be it his shot selection, his turnovers, uh, his inability to defend off the ball uh, and just getting lost on screens and help defense and stuff. Like 
you know, I don't know what type of role he has. So I, I really think it's hard to answer this question in general. And I don't know how Frank Vogel is going to navigate all this stuff, but it's especially hard when we don't know Dennis's minutes. Because again, if Dennis is playing 30 minutes, 28, 30 minutes, which I think is going to be him at his like healthy peak, that leaves 18 to 20 minutes for Alex and, and Talon. And I, I think Alex is going to be somewhere in that 24, 25 minute range. So that means at a minimum, he's playing like those other 18 to 20 minutes and then getting another six to eight minutes at shooting guard. So if you already have KCP at 28, you know, a minute less than he played last postseason, now you add in Alex six to eight minutes at shooting guard, that gets you to 34 to 36 minutes. Now you have 12 to 14 minutes to split between Talon and Wes and Ben. So I, I, the way I see it personally, um, or, or maybe kind of the way I would do it is, I would, I would, I think it's probably going to be a Talon, Wes, or Ben series. You're, you're going to kind of figure that out de- depending on who the Lakers are playing, what the need is, and who's playing well. I think maybe you split them, right? Like maybe maybe you shave some some minutes off Kuzma um, or, or off Alex or or whoever, and and, and you know get. Wes and, and Talon into that like eight to 12 minutes each type zone. Uh, but for me, it's it's Wes. They're going to need Wes against the Clippers. They're going to need Wes probably against Phoenix. Um, I mean, Frank, I think they're going to need Wes. Like, and that was my point earlier. Like he's looking to me like probably the, the ninth guy in the rotation just because of how good he is defensively. And... I don't think offense, as much as offense has been a problem for the Lakers, I think with a healthy LeBron, Dennis, and AD, it's not going to be as much of a problem. It's really going to be the defensive end and can they stop particularly perimeter defense and stopping wings. And and that's where Wes helps you more than Talon, more than Ben. So I think Wes, and based on the fact that he started and he started over Kuzma recently, like that to me is a sign that Wes has earned some trust with Frank. And I think He'll probably be the ninth guy with the top eight being the starters, plus Kuz, Alex, and Mark. West to me is probably going to be that ninth guy. The tenth guy will be Talon. And Talon is to me kind of a break in case of emergency guy where if the Lakers are struggling offensively, guys aren't making shots, no one's getting to the paint, throw in Talon, run some pick and roll, let him attack and do his thing. I just think people are going to target him defensively and really know that whoever he's defending involve that guy in a screen and roll or you know run that guy off of a pin down or floppy action or something and really go at Talon. I think Ben is going to get squeezed. I do think that for as much as Frank has played Ben, I just think his defense is so... I mean, he's, he's to me, he's the worst defender of the three. And you, you kind of know with Ben, first couple shots, if it's going to be a, a good night or not. And I don't think the hope of him having a scoring outburst is worth playing him six, eight, ten minutes and, and having that bad defense. Like, ben, ben is primarily only a shooter. And yes, we, we've seen those outbursts from him where he hits three, four, five threes and how that can flip a game. But if he's not doing that, and again, people are going to scheme for it. They're going to know what he's doing. You're going to put someone on him and just have them attach. And there's some gravity there. There's some spacing that that he provides, but he's not rebounding. He's not playmaking. He's not handling the ball. He's not playing defense. You know, I think he's only really a two position defender. Uh, So I think Ben is actually the guy who gets squeezed 
it's more of a West versus Talon discussion, and it's it's West versus Talon depending on the matchup and depending on the need. And if it's offense and playmaking and ball handling, it's Talon. If it's defense and some floor spacing and shooting, it's West. I think it's more likely going to be West, but I also think that Talon has played so well that he might force his way into the conversation, and maybe you know Alex. And again, this is all assuming Dennis is playing. If Dennis is out, Alex is starting. Uh, I think Talon's getting those backup point guard minutes, and there's probably more minutes for Wes and Talon. So it's really hard for me to answer this without knowing the health of everybody. You know, LeBron could also be on a minutes restriction. That could maybe force Talon to play a little bit more for the Lakers needing some penetration. But that's my thoughts on that right now. Uh, but I really appreciate that question. I think it was a good one. Um, but as always, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. It's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you've not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you can do so by going to theathletic.com uh, or going to my Twitter and subscribing off of one of my stories. Thank you guys for listening. I'll be back in 24 hours when we do our weekly show.